everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Constitution Day is tomorrow. I'm wondering if we really have anything to celebrate. Uh, the annual Constitution Day survey came out. Uh, Americans' knowledge of the Constitution is pathetic. Uh, the Annenberg Public Policy Center at the University of Pennsylvania survey found that more than one-third of Americans cannot name a single right enshrined in the Constitution. Not a single one. Is that so pathetic? Uh, well, we're celebrating that 48% named the First Amendment as a right, 39% of Americans support allowing Congress to stop the news media from reporting on any issue of national security without government approval. Hello, stupid. I mean, really? Really? Are you kidding me? Because the government always tells the truth. Always. Right, Stan. Um... Americans are probably the most illiterate about their form of government. One in four could not name all three branches of government. Oh, God help us. It's just so astonishing. Spoiler alert. Judicial, executive, legislative people. And then millennials, I, most of the time you make me proud. But come on. 50% of the mini millennials said they would give up their right to vote to get their student loans erased. No. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah. You're not, what was the percentage? 50%. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to call my millennial friends. Okay. A staggering, the staggering national student loan debt sits at $1.33 trillion, according to the Department of Education. And But millennials said they would go to an extreme to wipe their slate clean. Don't sign up for such stupid, ridiculous loan agreements, people. Live and learn. You sign on that dotted line. That's your responsibility, your obligation. Okay, in Minnesota, um, uh, we'll get to some of your phone calls in just a second here. 651-989-5855. 651-989-5855. We talked a little bit about... Uh, the Amazon deal that that everybody's fighting over. So you have some people, people on the left and the right side of the aisle, who are thinking we should offer Amazon this huge business incentive. No, no, we shouldn't. We should make our state competitive. So not just Amazon wants to move in here. So existing businesses, uh, and no, I'm not favoring Target or Best Buy or, or whoever, but when you look at the state of Minnesota and the federal government and the Mayo Clinic and the University of Minnesota, some of these quasi-governmental organizations are the biggest employers in our state. Do you understand what the problem is? Because you should. It's not that hard of a concept to grasp. Remember when I talked to Jeff Johnson out at the state fair, I said, hey, Jeff, did you know Hennepin County now employs more employees than Best Buy does. You've got to have a strong private sector. It cannot be government, government, government. Uh, Minnesota got a new park. I blame Tim Pawlenty on this one. 
Minnesota has 76 park and recreation areas. We now have one more. And we don't take care of them like we should. In 2008, then-Governor Tim Pawlenty, are you listening to this, people? Stop what you're doing and listening to listen to this. In 2008, okay, unless you're driving. If you're driving, keep driving, but listen carefully. In 2008, then-Governor Tim Pawlenty agreed not to veto funding for the Central Corridor if the DFL agreed to bond for almost 3,000 acres of overpriced land along Lake Vermilion. Some hundred million dollars later and an annual operating budget of over five hundred thousand dollars a year here it is so our new park opened some people thought that this uh would be named after tim palenti uh thankfully it hasn't yet uh right now it's called vermilion uh vermilion state park so we'll see uh, this week, we saw Governor Dayton come out against the pipeline up north. Of course, most people question uh, Governor Dayton. He always sides with extremists, the extremists in the environmental uh, rather than common in the environmental groups rather than common sense. So that should surprise no one. Governor Dayton was was touting how great it was that green clean energy jobs grew four times faster than all other. Uh, segments of the state economy. That's a testament to his failure to create good-paying jobs. Uh, instead, of some of these green jobs that are not efficient. They're make work. They're not productive, uh, and they come at the expense of of other inno- innovations. You're going to see a lot more with uh, clean energy, green energy, renewable energy, biofuel coming up next year. Uh, they're they're already pushing pushing for it. Um, okay, let's take a couple of these phone calls here. Uh, Al, you have been very patient. Let's start with you. Hi, Al. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sue. Glad to hear you're back on the radio. I know. I missed you guys. Oh, I missed you too. Is this a crazy state or what? still listen every Saturday. Thank you. No, I just want to mention about the light rail. It's the same. I talked to you about four months ago about it. And anyhow, uh, last week I was going to the doctor. And they had to sit and wait for the light rail to go by. Lucky you didn't I, die. You know, I got to my doctor, and I'm on my way home. And I got at the uh, Trix and Elk River. And here comes a freight train. And here comes another freight train. And guess what they're hauling? They're coal. hauling coal <laughs> and oil from, from North Dakota. Yeah, but and, we don't uh, need that after pipeline. That, <laughs> we had to sit and watch an empty... Uh, train go by. What do you call it? The, uh, light rail. the metro, uh, huh? Light rail. Yeah, the light mm-hmm. rail. Mm-hmm. So we had to sit there for another five minutes. I, I, I timed it. It was like 14 minutes. Oh my and gosh. Was, oh no. What the, it's not funny, but the problem was there was a squad car in front of me that passed me earlier and had his lights on and sirens and he was going somewhere. And he got to them railroad tracks and had to wait for them trains. And then the fact that he had to wait for that light rail minutes. train to go by with yeah. no one in it. That is, that's unbelievable, Al. And you hear stories like that all the time. People, you know, they think, oh, great, I can take it to the football game. I can take it to the um, – well, well, I've got friends that have done that before. You know, it's, it, you know they said, that's kind of cool. Take it to the baseball game. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah, well, but bread everyone, and circuses. Everyone don't do that every day. No, 
Nope. And people forget that you're trying to move commerce. You're trying to move public safety. You're trying to move snow plows. You're trying to move all kinds of things around the city and the trains make it harder and harder. Thank you, Al. Appreciate, appreciate your, your phone call. So usually when people are, uh, when people voluntarily walk off their jobs, they wouldn't be eligible for unemployment benefits in Minnesota. But apparently because a bar owner uh, paid money, uh, wrote a check, a campaign donation to a former Ku Klux Klan leader's political campaign. Uh, the Democrats think that that is a legitimately good reason to quit. And eight Democrats have decided that these employees who walked out a Club Jaeger should be entitled to unemployment benefits. No, 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 hell no. Okay, so this time it was a, uh, a, a bar owner who donated money to a former Ku Klux Klan leader. You know what? It's his money. He gets to donate it to whoever he wants to. And how long will it be before if you donated to a Republican or if you donated to the gay, the marriages between a man and a woman can, campaign? Oh, wait a minute. That already happened, and the guy lost his job. This is so crazy. So you have Jim Dabney, Tim Mahoney, Aaron May Quaid, Jason Metza, Rena Moran, Mike Sundin, Paul Thiessen, and Gene Waginius. And and this is absolutely crazy. No, if you walk out on your on your job, these these twenty employees, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you leave your job, you you do not get unemployment benefits. And it's only a matter of time before that spirals out of control too. Uh let's take Mike's phone call. Mike's up next. Hi Mike, welcome to the show. Hi Sue. Thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me all right? I can. When you were speaking about Amazon and education earlier, it made me think of a few different things. I, I'm not sure who this quote was attributed to, but I, I was something along the lines that we want people just smart enough in order to keep running the machines and keep things going. Oh, right. Groups like Antifa. I think people in positions of power, uh, like your school system, just want to keep indoctrinating these people, and then people with a dissenting, dissenting voice or a different point of view are shouted down. Right. Worse yet, are beaten, have uh, fecal matter and urine thrown at them and abused. You have mayors and police forces that step down that allow this to happen, and it's where is our our, our freedom and our our constitution, our right to assemble. Our freedom of speech, those things are being taken away, which is just absolutely unbelievable that the left, who claims to be the champion of uh, tolerance and an open-mindedness, we no longer have that. So I think the educational system is basically has indoctrinated these people. You don't want to hear different points of view. In college, you're, you know, you've got to keep your mouth shut, keep your head down, get through so you can get your job, but what kind of people are we uh, creating in the educational system? And I think our education system needs an entire revamp. I do, too. I agree 100%, Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much for your comments. I really, really appreciate them. Good insight. Uh, we got to take a quick break now. We'll be right back. Sorry, I had to cut you off there, Mike. Uh, we'll be right back because there's lots more. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.
everyone thank you so much for tuning in stay tuned everyone there's so much more coming uh you're gonna hear about a great fundraiser at the bottom of the hour uh child protection league is having their annual fundraiser so you're not gonna want to miss the details on that so you can go okay so it's constitution day tomorrow and i'm we were talking about some of the things going on in minnesota some of the things going on in our country some of the poll results that we saw from the state fair for the Senate and House polls that they asked out there. And and it drives me so crazy because you hear these politicians talk and and you just that we always knew that a liberal is someone who feels a great debt to his fellow man and that that debt will be uh, paid off um, with your money. We always knew Democrats felt like that. But the the Democrat Party is unrecognizable. It's no longer the party of JFK. That is so long gone. Uh, Now the Democrats are Marxists and socialists and Black Lives Matter and Antifa, people who just hate America. It's all about big government and big bureaucracy, and there's nothing that they don't want to control. And some of the stories we heard this past week were – uh, Democrats with corruption and pay for play and no criminal charges and oh yeah, um, Lois Lerner won't be charged and the lies and the name calling and the violence. Look at look at St. Louis now. St. Louis is is it's a second night of or second day or night whatever it is of uh, protests that are getting violent down there. This past week you had Nancy Pelosi actually say Republicans want to put Dreamers in concentration camps. They get away with this BS. You actually had uh, media spending more time on the fact that some intern that worked for Ted Cruz liked a porn video instead of the Seattle mayor had to resign over five, 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 charges that he or allegations that he had molested children you had a an espn anchor who called our president a white supremacist you have cnn who's going going crazy because someone said boobs you had another espn guy who said i lie about my political leanings so i can keep my job you have no one talking about democrat senator whose bribery trial is going on right now he ran a 105 million dollar pay for play scheme out of his office and most people can't even tell you that can't even tell you what he did what he's charged for what he's on trial for and why he's still a sitting senator and no one will answer if the democrats if they'll make him step down uh hillary just won't go away she she has her new book that is blaming everyone and everyone and everything except the kitchen sink except for her she actually said this past week white women voted against her because of pressure from men that is how much disrespect, how insultingly condescending can she be? Hillary, you lost because you were a rotten candidate. You were corrupt to the core and nobody liked you. And I keep saying I wish she'd go away. I wish we'd lock her up and put her in jail in her orange pantsuit. But then but then I remind myself, oh, yeah, she's like the gift that keeps on giving. Every time she opens her mouth and says something stupid— uh, it's just a it's just a, a bonus for us. 
and our our legislators, our our legislators in Washington D.C. Congress actually approved a resolution condemning white supremacists, neo-Nazis, and other hate groups, and Trump signed it. It, is this what our country's coming to? So, okay, fine, fine. We all condemn white supremacists and neo-Nazis and other hate groups. Are you happy now? Are you going to stop protesting? Are you going to stop tearing down statues? Are you going to start having intelligent, reasonable conversations about policy issues that we don't necessarily agree on? Some really tough issues that have to be tackled? No, you're going to keep doing the same old, same old. It just... You know, Republicans, are, are you, how can you be so stupid to fall for this kind of stuff? Take control of the, the narrative. Take control and do what we sent you there to do. We want you to repeal Obamacare. We want to see tax reform. We want to see immigration reform. We want to see the wall. We want to see the swamp drained. Huh. All right. Bob, thanks for being so patient. Hi, Bob. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sue. How you doing? I'm just like- Okay. Good. Got question. Got question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're, if you were born in the 1930s, uh, or even before then, and they started making the trains going out west, like and like passenger trains, would you would you be against that too? Well, the I mean, light rail, light rail is product is progress. Why are you standing Bob, in the way of Bob, Bob, sweetie, Bob, it's backward progress. We're going to be having driverless cars in 10 years, buddy. We're not going to need those empty trains even to go to a baseball game or a football game. Most driverless cars are maybe for one-tenth of one percent of the population. You know what, Bob? Our kids... Our kids and grandkids are going to be paying to rip those trains up, and they're going to say, how could you people have been so stupid? And where are you going to park to all those driverless cars, what? Sue? In I'm on air. Bob's side. In the air. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. I appreciate your comments, though. Uh, Jane, you're up next. Hi, Jane. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, Sue. Oh, I'm glad to be here. I missed you guys. See, I have a, uh, an issue in my life that has come up where government interference has gotten gone too far, uh, and it's really something that could pertain to everybody, but the people don't really get it until it happens to them. And that is when you get sick. And we know that insurance companies are restricting uh, care simply because of the regulations that Obamacare has put on them. And I know someone who has been diagnosed as a stage four, which is terminal cancer. And there are treatment options for people like that because we have targeted therapies now. But they're her, uh, his doctor has said that he isn't going to be staged a four because the treatment options are so small. They'll stage it a three so they have more options and can be more aggressive in his treatment. Wow. Yeah. It, uh, and, you know, like I said, you don't get it until it happens to you. Right. You know what, Jane? I am really thankful you have a doctor like that. Well, it's not me. It's someone I know. Someone you know. I mean, what if you had one of the robot doctors who said, nope, you're stage four here. You don't get anything. We're going to save that money for someone else. Well, who was it that said just give them pain pills and send them home? Oh, that was President Obama. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Oh, my gosh. uh, You know, let's be smart enough to know that we have the liberty given to us by our creator that tells us we can make decisions and choices for ourselves. 
We do not need a big government telling us what to do. And when people don't learn about the Constitution, they think that, uh, uh, people think that what they're hearing and learning is what it's all about, and it isn't. This is how people get hold of our government, change it, and we have social change that we can't get back. We lose our liberties. We've lost so many liberties, and it's like, yeah, I, th- I don't know if it's because it's Constitution Day tomorrow. I don't know if I'm just uh, outraged over how st- stupid people are, how they want government to solve every problem, government to stick their nose into it. All you have to do is look at the TSA, look at the DMV, look at the VA, look at any of these things, and you think, why would you want government to, do, to, to make any decisions at all for you? We're free people. Yeah. I think they've been told over and over again that big, that small government, you need big government to take care of you. There is no other way. And, you know, we free thinkers, we're, we're becoming, sm- our numbers are smaller and smaller all the time. All the time. And it's heartbreaking. It's yep. just heartbreaking that people are so uninformed, so uneducated, and so afraid of well, freedom. This is, how, this is how you lose probably one of the best uh, countries and nations in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned too, Jane. Thank you. Appreciate your phone call. Thanks. Uh, Al Franken this past week, Jane nailed it. Al Franken this past week said, like Paul Wellstone, I believe health care is a right for all Americans. Hey, stupid people and our fool Al, please remember what government gives, government can take away. And you saw that happen with the deferred action, the uh, DACA. You saw what happened. So here Al Franken comes out and he says, I believe health care is a right for all Americans. He announced this past week that he is co-sponsoring Bernie Sanders' Medicare for all bill. It, it's so ridiculous. No respect for no respect for us. You, you, you look at everything that's happened uh, with Obamacare. Government messed up insurance. They messed up health care. Uh, they doubled down with it, with the mistakes from Obamacare. And now if you could possibly be so stupid as to believe that government can come in with Medicare for all and fix everything, you are absolutely nuts. $3 trillion a year. The left's thrilled. They don't care. $3 trillion, whatever. It's going to impact every single person. In, in, to get that, you have to lose your employer-based insurance as well. And the left is just very thankful to Al for supporting a national movement toward federally financed, state-implemented, universal, guaranteed health care for all. Who do you think pays for that, folks? We do. We pay for it. Uh, Al is, has been, I'm, I think Al is thinking very seriously about running in 2020, which will probably make Amy Klobuchar mad because her PR department has been pushing that she's going to run for president in 2020. Somebody needs to ask Amy Klobuchar, if you win, which I hope Jim Newberger wins, but if Amy Klobuchar wins, will she fulfill her entire term? Or is she going to run for president in 2020? Who's she looking out for, her or us? Well, never mind. We know she's not looking out for us. So Al Franken came out this past week and said that uh, he was not going to turn in his blue slip for Minnesota Supreme Court Justice David Strauss to be appointed to, he was nominated to uh, Eighth Circuit Court, I think. Uh, Howard talked about that a little bit last week, I would hope, because uh, again, he's the he's like the judge expert thing. Uh, and Al Franken says, nope, 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 he's not. I mean, I mean, you know what? He's like the only one in the state that doesn't think Strauss is the the perfect guy for the Eighth 
Eighth Circuit. Then he came out and said he was, Al Franken said he was very troubled by the Education Department's uh, Betsy DeVos, uh, her decision to undo guidelines on campus sexual assault. Uh, Al's 100% wrong on this, too. 100%. Those campus courts, those campus um, uh, proceedings that they have, they're kangaroo courts. They're kangaroo courts, and there's no due process. So Al Franken's my way or the highway, I say get out of here, Al Franken. Go run for president and lose, and maybe we can get someone who will represent uh, represent us. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Um, I want to. Uh, we're going to talk to the folks from the Child Protection League uh, about their fundraiser coming up. I do want to spend some more time on single payer because, and I want you guys to do something. I don't ask you to do something all the time. I want you to call Amy Klobuchar and I want you to call Al Franken and I want you to tell them to start listening to the rest of the people in the state because it's clearly they clearly they've forgotten about some of us that we don't support single payer that we want to see Obamacare repealed. We want to see some tax reform. We want to see Strauss on the Eighth Circuit. And I think far too often you think, oh, I can't make a difference because they're not going to listen to me. Well, they're never going to listen to you if you don't tell them what you think. And and if you don't want to weigh in on a whole bunch of subjects, just pick one and let them know. Sometimes one sentence is all you need. And then you get these letters back from them that are like three pages long and don't even make reference to what you wrote them about. And then you realize what a joke they are. Uh, well, but I digress. All right. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear about the Child Protection League's fundraiser that's coming up. This is really exciting, folks. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM. 1130 and Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Put September 26th on your calendar, on your calendar right now. This is the Child Protection League's annual fundraiser and joining us Right now is Julie Quist. Hi, Julie Quist. How are you? Hi, Sue. Thanks for having us on. Oh, I am so excited about this. This is going to be such a great event. And before you tell us about it, Julie, I would like to say um, you were on my show when John Gilmore filled in. You did a great job. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, I actually do go back and listen to make sure the people sitting in for me did a fine job. And you, of course, were fabulous. So welcome to the show, Julie. And tell us about the Child Protection League's uh, fundraiser that's coming up on September 26th. Okay, uh, well, the name of it, the title is Hijacking Their Minds, How States, Schools, and Social-Emotional Learning indoctrinate our children. That's quite a mouthful. And Dr. <laughs> uh, Ephraim is going to deal with this kind of a two-part thing. Uh, she's going to be dealing with um, understanding what SEL is, that social-emotional learning, and she'll be covering that. But then we're going to have Stella Morbido come and take a look at the big picture uh, that uh, deals with pro- issues of propaganda, uh, you know, calling it coercive thought reform, and what we can do. We want to talk about what we can do about it. So we're really excited about that. Dr. Ephraim um, is trained as a pediatrician at Johns Hopkins. University, and she's become one of the best-known and most knowledgeable critics of SEL. And so she's going to she's going to walk us through some of that information, so we have some good background to equip people. You know, um, 
when uh, when they call it safe schools, I, I think you you know uh, it becomes code word. It really doesn't mean safe schools. Um, it's always about really. Uh, it's never really anti-bullying the way they say. It's about training and requiring kids uh, to affirm and believe in some sort of cultural radical ideology that involves sexuality and morality that's very different from what most of us really believe. So mm-hmm. um, how is it that social-emotional learning works in with safe schools to teach this kind of thing? Let me give you a hint. Um, it's not academics. I mean, social-emotional right. learning is the new thing, and it is not academics. It's strictly about transforming the attitudes, values, and beliefs of our children, and it's a vehicle um, to communicate and to train and to motivate the kids in a direction that they want. So it's really going to be very exciting and informative and give you some practical things on what you can do. And tell me, Julie, if somebody wanted to attend the September 26th event, where would they go to find information on that? Childprotectionleague.com, and it's all there. Uh, the information of where it is, it's in Bloomington, and, um, you know, we do take walk-ins, uh, but it would be really nice if we know you're coming. So. Really nice. Okay, now I have one more question before we have Dr. Efren on to have us teach us a little bit more about social-emotional learning and what she's going to... Now, I'm, I know she's not going to tell us everything that's going to happen at the event, but she's just going to give us a little teaser so that it makes us want to go to your fundraising event on September 26th even more already. But tell me this, Julie. How did the Child Protection League manage to land on the Southern Poverty's hate watch list? Is that it is kind of a, of a backhanded compliment. Yeah, they're they're promoting our event, saying you know this is kind of a big deal. I thought we're we're up there with some of the really big league people, and I thought great. I know you made the big time. Yay! They see us as they see us as a threat, and I think that's a good thing. That is, I think that's a win, and I'll wear it as a badge of honor too. Thank you, Julie Quest. Really appreciate your your comments today, and we'll have to have you in studio so you can tell us a lot more okay thank you all right thank you uh up next dr karen Ephraim. karen Ephraim is a longtime friend of mine i think i cried when she moved to florida because she was such a tremendous asset here in minnesota she made the legislators lives miserable so knowing that dr Ephraim is coming back for the child protection league fundraiser makes me very very happy hi karen Ephraim. Hello, Sue Jeffers. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, I always forget that you're a doctor. You're a, I just think of you as Karen, you know? And But I, you're so smart. You worked so hard. It was such a loss when you moved to Florida. But you know what? You never stopped working, did you? <laughs> no. That's my family's regret. Oh, true, true. Okay, so you're coming back into town for the fundraiser. Uh, the talk is how safe schools and social-emotional learning indoctrinate our children. Yeah, like Julie Quist said, that's a big, big mouthful. I'm going to talk about the definition of social-emotional learning, at least by the major proponents. I'm going to talk about, excuse me, how um, how it um, is very incredibly subjective, even as admitted by the experts in the field. I'm going to talk about its connection to Common Core. 
I am going to talk about how it goes in on, um, begins in preschool. I know. Federally mandated Head Start standards, um, even about gender identity. And I'm going to talk about how um, (coughs) technological learning and um, competency-based education are are just using that as um, a means to to collect all this information on kids for workforce training and predictive testing so that they can slot who goes where. So so troubling, Karen. So, so, so troubling. I really feel like we lost this battle a long time ago, and it encouraged me to hear Julie Quist say that we're going to give you some ideas of how to fight back, how to turn this around. Do you really think we can turn it around? Well, let me just give you one example. Um, There was a federal bill to reauthorize the the Institute for Education Sciences, which is kind of the statistical and data mining and the National Assessment of Educational Progress. And they had new language in there that uh, wanted to have federally mandated social-emotional learning. And um, the grassroots activists from across the country rose up and they stopped that bill for an entire two-year session of Congress. Wow. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think there is hope. (laughs) But the more people we have informed the better action that they can take. You know what, Karen? I feel like so many parents are afraid to fight the schools. They're afraid to stand up and and fight for their kids. They're afraid to challenge the the thinking that their kids are learning. They're afraid to pull their kids out of school uh, and maybe homeschool or find another alternative, maybe a charter school, some sort of thing. Uh, The more we can educate people, make them informed about what's going on and teach them how to fight, I think it's the only way we can turn this mess around. You're absolutely right, Sue. Absolutely right. And by the way, Karen, I'm really looking forward to seeing you at the fundraiser. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing you. It's been too long. Oh, far too long. We chatted, I don't know, a week ago, a month ago, however long ago it was. Uh, And when I heard you were coming to town, I thought, oh, this will be fabulous. Well, Karen, thank you so much. Dr. Ephraim, she'll be one of the speakers at the Child Protection League fundraiser on September 26th. You can go to the Child Protection League website to get all the information. And Karen, Julie, thank you so much. We'll see you on the 26th. Sounds great. All right. Take care. That's going to be a great event. So you guys go sign up for it and 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 do it right now. Right now. Okay. Stan, do I have to take a break or because I was that a yes? Well, okay. I don't know. See, he's talking on the phone. And so then I guess I'll just tell you that 
I want to say the failure of Republicans to repeal Obamacare um, and it is what led to the Democrats' rush to double down on government-run health care. I am shocked and appalled that our fool Al, Al Franken, is pushing for single-payer. Uh, Bernie Sanders, I'm not surprised that he unveiled his Medicare for all legislation. He's done it almost every year that he's been in the Senate for like 30-some years. What is shocking is that Bernie Sanders got some 15 Democrat co-sponsors. And the idea that the idea that, that single-payer is going to be the solution to fix a oh-so-broken system is just absolutely astonishing. And the cost and the government control. And, I'm, and I, you know what I'm irritated about? I'm irritated because where the heck are the Republicans? or anyone with a brain. They ought to be able to say, this is a really bad idea. I wonder why people aren't shouting from the mountaintops what a disaster single-payer will be. Why won't they nip it in the bud, kill it, crush it, crush it like a bug so that we never, ever, ever have to listen to it again? These We heard these Democrats' empty promises from Obamacare. In fact, now you're even hearing some outright lies about it. When we come back, uh, Heritage foundation had a great recap i put this up on my facebook page too so interesting and it talks about how americans are going to face a stark choice on what their health care will look like in the future stay tuned lots more coming sue jeffers twin cities news talk am 1130 and twin cities sound like it. I know. <laughs> Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. I'm Sue Jeffers. Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. You know, uh, the Supreme Court term starts in three weeks, and I really wanted to spend some time talking about some of the cases that are, they've got some big, 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 they hear, what, 70 cases a year. There are some big cases coming down the pike, so hopefully we'll get to that next year. I also wanted to talk about DACA. I wanted to talk about the Deferred Action Childhood Arrivals thing. Remember, um, President Obama put that into effect in 2012. He flat out said it was a temporary stopgap measure. Now, apparently, it's who we are as a people. And, the, you know, this is what I tell you. When gov what government grants, government can take away or live by the pen and phone, die by the pen and phone. So when when one president, Obama, unilaterally makes a law, the next president can come back and unilaterally undo that law. So Donald Trump was right to do this. Obama never should have done it in the first place. Congress never should have let Obama get away with it. Uh, now is the time for Congress to fix it. The, Trump gave him six months and, and come on, let's get going. It, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I see all the people who are mad and protesting and waving the Mexican flag, and somehow they think it's punishment to be sent back to Mexico. And I can't help but think either we have rules and laws and we enforce them or we don't. And probably the most important part of it to me is all children are dreamers. And I think American 
children's dreams should be a, a, a top priority. And I think it's it's a real slippery slope we're on with where this DACA um, possible legislation is going. Of course, there's a possibility of amnesty. I do not see, uh, well, you know what, Congress, it's, it's up to you. And you allowed Obama to get away with this mess, so you kind of have to, <laughs> good luck to you. You have to come up with something. And I have a feeling we, the American people, will not be happy about it. Uh, I'm still furious over, over the single payer, though. And Al, Al Franken, what a fool. Bernie Sanders, what a fool. The other 15 Democrats who signed on board with this. Do you know here in Minnesota we have um, several legislators, uh, some of the governor wannabes, who are supporting Medicaid for all, too. They just never learn, do they? They never learn. And they think that you're going to be stupid enough to fall for the lies that they're telling about Medicaid for all, the same as you were when you fell for the lies they told about Obamacare. And, And I cannot stress to people enough how important this is. And the Heritage, the folks at Heritage put up an article. It's on my Facebook page, or you can go to their website and find it. And it talks about the the stark choice that Americans are going to going to have to decide what their health care is going to look like in the future. That they can adopt a government-run health care system financed by new and heavy taxes at a federal level and at a state level, and and federal officials that are making all the key decisions about medical benefits and, and, and services. Or on the other side, they can Americans can adopt and enforce and demand a system where individuals get to control their health care dollars and decisions. And that includes what kind of health care we want to have, what kind of health plans we want to buy, what benefits we want, what treatments best suit us. And honestly, a single-payer system, a Medicaid for all, makes health care a government monopoly. You know what happens when you end up with a government monopoly. It has to be about us. Don't for a minute think before Obamacare was put into place in 2010, don't for a minute think that that was free market health care. Government has screwed up health care and screwed up health insurance, which are two very different things. Health care is health care. Health insurance is a financial product. And when we kept expanding and interfering with managed care, with employer-sponsored insurance, with all of that kind of stuff, we have allowed this mess to go crazy. And we don't want government to control our health care. That's supposed to be our job. So uh, you should go take a look at uh, go take a look at this Heritage article. It's just an incredible. And I also want to ask, why would you want to put most of us on this crappy, horrible program by uh, by expanding Medicaid for all? You know what? The rich people are still going to go to any doctor they want. They're still going to be able to pay for whatever services that they need. And all of us single-payer folks will have to use this failing concept. We'll get crappy doctors, long waits, more government controls, uh, plus... The cost is $3 trillion a year, $3 trillion a year. What I think is is astonishing, and I want everybody to start screaming from the mountaintops, everybody supports single-payer nonsense until they hear that they're going to have to they're going to have to pay higher taxes and that the and that government will have more control you'll basically take a wage cut because that payroll tax is on all employees 
Oh, it's crazy, folks. It's crazy. Well, that sure went fast, Stan. That was a quick one. What are you talking about today? Uh, what are we talking about? Yeah, you don't know. You're talking show about prep? fish. What's show prep? Yeah, show, I saw we you just in wing there. it like you do. No, yeah. Oh, hey. Well, sometimes I do wing it. And no, I know you. I saw what was on your. We lots, were, of, lots of hunting stuff, fishing stuff, fun yeah, stuff. Yeah. Cars, well, of course, because yeah. you and Chris are amazing. Uh, okay, everyone, have a great week. I'm sure, I know, I tried to pack a lot of stuff in there today. I'm sure next week will be exactly the same. Um, and be sure and listen to Stan's show next. I'm so glad to be back in the station, Stan. Everybody have a great weekend. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.